While your day is winding down, they're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day. From local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard. To listen. And where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. South Coast tonight. I'm Marcus Farrow. So two whales walk into a bar. <laughs> whales. There's less than there's a lot less. There's less today than there were yesterday. Um. Yeah. No, it's cool though. You want a Tesla? That's fine. Whatever. <laughs> you want to drive a Tesla? Kill a whale. <laughs> Tesla's are fueled by whale oil. <laughs> they really are bringing back the whaling industry here. Nobody tell. <laughs> nobody tell. E- Elon Musk. I'll sue me. Good evening. You're live on South Coast tonight. Good evening, gentlemen. Hey, hey what's, what's up, man? Uh, what's up? I've been listening to you guys. Uh, how how, 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 we how we doing? How we doing? How we doing? I don't know. As far as the mayor goes, lukewarm response so far. The classic battle for mayor would be the two gentlemen who are very intelligent, very educated, who have two different views of where the city should be headed. Mm-hmm. One is Mayor John Mitchell. Yes. And the other one, his evil clone, is Scott Mitchell Lang. John is Scott, Scott Lang. Lang. Scott Lang. Yeah. No, no, I, listen, no, I, I agree. They have Unbelievable two battle. different views. And I realize uh, Scott Lang has a lot of practice, this, that, and the other. But about the windmills, he's totally different than John Mitchell. Totally. Oh, yeah. And, again, that would be the classic He called them the World Trade Centers. Even yes. for you guys to make a decision as to if you were a New Bedford resident, who to vote for, I think you guys would have it very difficult to make a decision. And your personal, not in you know. In, I would in, probably have to pen my resignation. I don't, I don't know because I, I'm I, I'm so deeply involved with both of them. I know, I know. I know. I, you, you, you're amazing how you can walk that that <laughs> line. But those are the two gentlemen who have two different views of where the city should be going. All right. Uh, I believe you. I believe John Mitchell is right about this vote thing, okay? Yes. Uh, something's got to be done. Maybe a compromise could be worked out. Maybe they could find out another vocational school that satisfied Dizzy, okay? Um, and, and they could go with that, okay? Maybe they couldn't, okay? But I think he's right on that. I'm not, I don't always think he's wrong, okay? But the windmill thing could be something that... 
you know, uh, we it could got be a, a real we, battle. We over. got we got a, a lighthouse out there that's been rusted away for years. They don't even put on the light anymore in the right. middle of the thing there. And what are those? Well, I, think, I, th- I think vessel navigation's advanced. Um, I understand quite a that, but if we want to have a beautiful bridge, if you want to have a beautiful bridge, uh, Marcus, to, to have people come into the city. I think if you're coming by boat, you want to have a you know a lighthouse that that isn't deteriorated too. You know, that's it's, it's the same type of thing. Image, and sometimes image is everything. Okay. So, uh, again, uh, the four-year term, ridiculous. No power check on the mayor at all. I brought that up with him on Tim's show one day, and his voice got so cold. If his voice could have killed me, it would have killed me. Oh, no, you you want the four years. Yeah, it's about power, okay? And I I think in a democracy, uh, what you want to see is checks on power, things like that. Mm -hmm. So, again, that would be the classic matchup. Um, for mayor. And again, your friend, uh, you done, told it like it was before he was done. When, right. he, when he talked about uh, John Mitchell, he said, it's his way of the highway. And in part, I think that's one of the difficulties with him and the city council. Okay? Now the city council tries to strike back and everything, and you know, uh, and sometimes uh, it, it, gets, it gets ugly. Certainly if Scott Lang ran against John Mitchell, which would be a titanic battle, okay? Yeah. Uh, both of them, I would hope, would be gentlemen enough that they would debate in a civilized manner. I oh, think yeah, they, they, they would. I think both of them actually would relish the fight. Again, I, I don't know where... I think they would relish the former debate. Mayor Lang is, is in his career and his time where, where he would want to do that. But I, know, I don't think he his, has the time. I don't think he has the time. Yeah, it could be. But certainly his positions are far different. And he may have a point. Maybe this fusion thing, which uh, John Bullard, in a gentlemanly-like fan, uh, manner, uh, you know, kind of said, well, they've been working on fusion for the last 50 years. Well, maybe in the next 10 years it, it will be here, and then it will make the, um, you know, the windmills obsolete. You know? So, so, so to... To, to Mayor Lang's point, to, to his credit, there has been a tremendous breakthrough just last month mm-hmm. in Fusion. Mm-hmm. That, that I went and researched what he was telling me, mm-hmm. and um, it's incredible uh, the breakthroughs they've had in Fusion. They expended less energy than they produced, which is, the, which is the key to it. So, again, with the windmills, are we going in the wrong direction? Are we Don Quixote fighting in windmills here? I don't know. Well, I don't know either. <laughs> I don't know either. Uh, I do uh, know that, that the environmental community... Um, is starting to get their their back up over the death of these whales. Well, again, now, they they're, they're kind of split on it. Actually, there's been a, a bit of a schism. You know, there's the pro renewable energies, and then there's the the you know the the animal people. The whales. But the, I think what Mayor Lang brought whales, out the too, when he was on was that this could disrupt the fishing industry, which is the prime source. I would say, of money in the city of New Bedford that generates money and, and such and things like that. So much so that when I ask, what are they paying for taxes? Nobody can seem to tell me. Nobody knows the answer. Um, but, but, the, but the citizens of New Bedford with their higher taxes are underwriting maybe the thing. And maybe that's a good thing because that way we provide uh, work and money coming into the city. You know, But it's kind of tough for me, uh, uh, <laughs> a retired guy on a fixed income, to... Uh, uh, underwrite the most prosperous uh, fishing industry in the country. However, yeah, do you want to, you know, I think Scotland would get a lot of support from the fishing industry if he ran. But Mayor Mitchell probably wouldn't. I, I do think that Scott would get tremendous support 
if he ran. Yes. Because I, I think if he ran, people would assume he's not running. He's not a, he's not a vanity candidate. No, he's, he's not. He's not running um, on a lark. Yeah. That he's he would, a very sincere guy. Right. That he would be doing it. Um, and he would, and he could win. Yeah, he'd be doing it. He'd be doing it for the public good. And he could win. Yeah, yeah, uh, oh, yeah. He's the only one. I, if he took up the gauntlet and decided to run for mayor, he's the only one. All the other people that you say in the past that have run against John Mitchell, I don't think there was a strong candidate at all. You know, I would say that um, um, it would be a real battle, but I don't see. Um, and I'm not speaking for the man, obviously. No, but, you can't. But Scott Lang ha- has a very busy practice that very much relies on him. There yeah. are other people in, in the in the practice, um, but I, he's a managing partner. And I understand that. Yeah. But for him to come on the radio and have a sense of public responsibility to take arms, so to speak, right. uh, to oppose what's going on, he has a social conscience, too, about what's going on, you know? And uh, for that, I admire him, okay? Don't get me wrong. I think Mayor Mitchell works very, very hard. Yes, yes. He's a round-the-clock mayor. You see him, he's here, he's there, he's everywhere. And again, like I say, I think he's right about this uh, vote situation. I hope they could find a compromise, all right? I think he's right, too, about uh, health benefits in the city. They've been around for a long time. Can the city afford them? I think Mayor Kalis fought against them. Okay, he did, and was rudely dealt with up in Cushnet when he had a. It was a, a very bad scene. Yes, very bad, bad scene by bad people scene. who are supposed to, you know, be protecting and serving, and that was many years ago. Mm-hmm. But by that people is, who that, today are embarrassed by yeah, it. Yeah, that yeah that that is, but that 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 is an issue still today that Mayor Mitchell is trying to to, to fight against, and I I give him credit for that, you know, because that's a tough egg to to break. Okay. And I think he was looking for them to say, okay, I'll, we'll take a little less uh, money off our medical or something like that. But hasn't got that yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I give him credit for going up those, against those forces. Um, but, you know, um, as far as the uh, advanced manufacturing, they threw a party and nobody wanted to come. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah it really They is. threw a party and nobody wanted to come. If you're going to get a business to come here, it's going to be because they want to come here, not because you have an advanced manufacturing uh, area. Uh, you know, so they can do all the parties they want. Well, you do need the open land, and that well, was the key I, to, well, I understand yeah. that, but somebody's going to want to come. You know, in other words, like it's like the girl that sits home and waits for a date. You know, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, right. Yeah, the, 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 you know. <laughs> the guy's going to show up and say, want to go to the dance? You know, we don't have anybody. Unfortunately, New Bedford is at the end of the line. And it's just like with the railroad coming down here Mm -hmm. and everything. To me, you've got support in Boston for that only because they've got mass casts and they've got a lot of people up there that they can't put on that island across from Quincy because they knocked down the bridge. They knocked on the bridge, yep. And so they want to send them all down here. And they'll even build us a beautiful uh, uh, pedestrian walking uh, bridge to go over one, you know, to go over uh, Route 18. I hate to say, I think you're right, sir. Well, uh, maybe I am, maybe I'm not. I would hope not. But again, you done before he left. He spoke the truth. He said, I can't live out of New Bedford and get to my job in Boston in time. Correct. And even if he got got on a... uh, uh, on a new train, it's a two-hour ride because of the distance we are from. So we're at the end of the line. Right. It'll be nice for a guy that wants to take up his son or family to see the Boston Red Sox on a on a nice Sunday afternoon and right. to, 
you know, take, take a leisurely drive, a leisurely, you know, train ride. But again, the, the answer to these problems with the two gentlemen I just mentioned, John Mitchell and Scott Lang, who have two very different views of what direction New Bedford should go in. And uh, if Scott Lang should choose to act upon his criticisms and run against Mayor Mitchell, it would be a Herculean battle. So I would say that um, there's a lot of nostalgia for Scott Lang. Yeah. Uh, there really is. I well, mean, let, well, let's face it. He was a very accessible guy. He, he was really always was. late because yes. he, he was busy talking to somebody else. It's so. really true, yes. I don't think John Mitchell is as accessible, but I think he's gotten better. Mm-hmm. I, I Look, I, I think that between the two of them, they disagree on a lot of issues. Oh, yeah. And Scott Lang would would um, be happy to defend his record, and John Mitchell would be would go after him. Both men are very eloquent, right? Both men um, have spent time in the courtroom. Yes, um, both not a former a, prosecutor. Yes, they which both. Is like, which is where I think he should have went. I think he should have ran for attorney general. Believe me, I I, I did my best. I lobbied a man personally. Oh yeah, we'd have somebody from down here who's got a statewide office, right? You know, right? And. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think to me, I've said it before. I think he got cold feet, you know, because when when he talks about himself uh, on his resume, the first thing he says is, "I'm a former prosecutor." Right. Well, He's prosecute. very proud of those years. Go prosecute then. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Well, here's the thing. He he um he's got a lot. Here's the point: is that. When when Scott beat Fred, I was very much involved in that campaign. Yep, Fred was yep, a friend of mine, yep. but it was over for Fred. Um, there was a lot of reasons for the city. The, the people in in the mayor's office eventually run their course. Yeah, and that's what had happened to Fred. Yeah, and maybe and maybe in some ways that's good because you get some rotation in office. I think he's looked a lot better. As I think history's looked at him a lot more fondly. I do agree with you th- well, with that, Marcus. Absolutely, Fred. Yes. Yeah, well, well, Fred, I believe he thought from the heart. He did. And and that's why I guess he and Scott Lang uh, didn't get along, I guess, at the end, because Fred took things to heart. And I think, if I remember correctly, he kind of cleaned out his uh, his files. I was there that day. Okay. I walked into City Hall the night Scott won okay. with him. Yeah. There was nothing left in the file cabinets. Yeah, yeah. Now, I don't know in the past if there had been, okay? Yeah. So I, I, I can't speak to that because it was the only time I'd ever been there when there was a new mayor's transition. Well, it must have been very bitter because I don't it think... It was very bitter. I don't think Scott Lang is a very vindictive guy. I think he's a, a, a forgiving guy. But mm. as I understand it... When Scott they, can throw a punch. <laughs> Scott has no problem throwing a punch. Yeah, but as I understand it, though, I would have thought when they named the thing after Fred, uh, the C-Lab... That, in spite of past issues, Mayor Lang might have showed up. Um, Maybe not said anything, but just showed up. You know better than I, Chris. Yeah, that's maybe he wasn't asked to come. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Um, Okay, I I then I got an invitation. Look, I'll just say this: I got an invitation from the family. Okay, and it said invitation only. Okay, all right. Okay, then that explains that. So, because I I see Mayor Lang as the type of guy is. Yeah, that was wrong. That was bad. But uh, I'm not going to hold a with grudge a, forever. With a service like that, a, a guy like that, I, I did it with with my dad. We did a we did a, a private, uh, yeah. and there were still a ton of people that showed fine. up because he was that. a well known guy. I didn't and know that. Fred Felix is even more well known, and he would have it would have been a. I thought he was being honored. Would have been a, a nightmare, frankly. I, I thought family. he was being honored as a public figure who was a former mayor of New Bedford, 
who yeah. cared about education and stuff, and I thought it was that type of public type of thing and not a private thing. But okay, if the family felt that way, I, I, I you know, I respect their wishes. Here's what I, here's what I can say is that at the time that Fred was coming to the end of his mayorship, the the city wanted to move on from the polling that I saw, mm-hmm. and the contest was really about was the primary. Whoever won the primary is probably going to become the next mayor. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's why I threw in with, with Scott Lang. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I knew Scott Lang very well. Mm-hmm. But I knew Fred Kalis was gone. Okay? Mm-hmm. And I wanted Scott to be the next mayor. What, what was... I don't remember. Was it an overwhelming victory or was it... Oh, Scott. Close? It was... A, it was Scott won every single precinct. Okay. okay. But the, the, the real election was who was going to... Who was going to be the contest against Fred Kalis. Yeah. In other words... Scott Lang won the primary, mm-hmm. and then you know there was a big multi-candidate primary. Mm-hmm. The worry was that whoever got the nomination would probably beat Fred. Mm-hmm. So it was important that Scott become the nominee mm-hmm. to to take Fred on ultimately, mm-hmm. rather than some like Mark Howland who ended up really uh, you yeah know, I know there was problems big I, problems I remember right? the problems and, kid, and yeah. other things like that yeah, yeah. Faven kid by the way. Yeah, in Freetown. He moved to Freetown. Yeah, he moved later yeah. on, but he grew up in Faven, graduated from Faven High School. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway. uh, again, all I can say is uh, this is the future. The future is yours, Marcus, because you're the young guy. <laughs> <laughs> and whatever happens, happens. I've, I've, so don't I, screw it up. No, no, but that's what I'm saying. Thanks for the wonderful world, but, world but, you guys no, left. No, but I've, I've come to realize this with the passing of Peter Barney, which you brought up, uh, Chris, which yeah. I thought was very good yeah, because yeah. I thought Peter was an, had an excellent mind also. A great caller, too. Yeah, and yeah. a great caller. And you, you need information. He had it. Mm-hmm. Okay, I would have liked to have seen him get into elective office, but the electorate... So let, let, me, let me just say this. Well, let, me, let me do one yeah, last ahead, thing, sure, though, and, and, be, and besides that, and, uh, and also the passing of uh, Chuck, okay, yep. yeah. who was a good caller. You might have not agreed with him at all times, no, but, but uh, and those guys are all my age group. And the one guy's <laughs> ahead of me, which is, uh, you know, uh, Peter Bonnie, the other guy's in back of me, which is uh, Chuck. So th- this, this is about the future, and a future which I may not see, like those gentlemen, which the passing reminds me of. Well, tomorrow's but, the but future. I think, I think for, the, for, for, the, for the rest of the city, they ought to pay a lot of attention to what goes on in the future, uh, because they'll be here, and they'll either be the benefactors or the... Uh, or the, uh, <laughs> the results of, the, <laughs> of, the, of what is and what should never be, I guess. Well, listen, tomorrow is the future, so I hope you'll be with us. Well, I hope I get, I get yeah. another day too. Every day you too. get up and you hit the hit the ground, but when you go to the doctors and they tell you, "Hey, this day, that," you know, you're not uh, 19 anymore. Right? right? No, no, uh, absolutely. You know, I, I would just say this that that um, and I never shared this with the callers people before, but I feel comfortable doing it now. One of one of my besides Peter Barney, Fred Kalis was one of my best resources. If I was talking about nice something, man. he was a good guy. A nice if I man. was talking about something, he would text me while I was on the air yep. and say, "You're right, Chris." Oh. I, it wasn't that way, right? Mm-hmm. And I would speak to him a lot in the evenings. Um, in fact, when he died, I got the text message. Mm-hmm. And I said to my girlfriend, oh, my God, Fred Kalis died. Yeah, she relatively said, young, too, younger than me, I believe. Yes. Yeah. She said, weren't you just talking to him? And I looked on my phone. And my, it was, he, I'd been talking to him a few days earlier for like an hour. Yeah. I mean, he, Fred and I were, were very close. And 
he 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 really was a mechanic of government. Yeah. Well, right? again, he was his, his heart was in the city. Absolutely, his heart was in the city, and any position he took, uh, but besides coming out of his brain, I think also came out of his heart. I agree with you. I really do. He was well, proud to be the mayor of New Bedford. Yes, he was. He Absolutely. really was. Absolutely, and proud to live in the city because he lived in the city all his life. He didn't and, move away after it was all over. No, no, and I don't think that. <laughs> I, I think that, and I know he did. When the voters decided to move on, it, it, it was it hurt him, you know, and I, I understand why. How many terms did he have, though? Do you remember? Oh, he was there for six years. I yeah, think. yeah, yeah. Which is a good run. He had a good run. He had a real good run. But again, this uh, this uh, four year term, uh, what happens when John Mitchell leaves and we don't have somebody as talented as him that's going to be there for four years? And you know, I, to me, I, I said to him on the on the radio on Tim's show, uh, "How about a compromise? How about three years?" And uh, <laughs> that's basically what I got back. Yeah, someday he won't be mayor, and I, I think it shouldn't run as long as it does. You have to have a check on the mayor, and four years is too long, and the voters should have some say about maybe, okay, if not two, maybe three at least, you know. But uh, the four years to me is just just too long. I, I don't know what a compromise is really, but I, agree, but I do agree with you four years is wrong. We'll be right back. Okay, gentlemen. Take care. Okay. Have a good night. Um, you know, one thing we did we did have our comments on uh, a great article that Tim put together on WBSM dot com about about Chuck Mozinski. Um, um, yeah, yeah, he was a great caller. Uh, seemed like a really really great guy, and he always found a way to really drive the conversation forward. So he was a fantastic caller, um, whether he agreed with him or not, um, and a really great teacher. Mm-hmm. I had him as a teacher. Right. Um, at a time in my life when I was not the best student, but I was always an upbeat kid. I was never a bad kid. Speaking of which, I did also want to make a, a just a quick comment. I saw a story that Tim Weisberg had put together that uh, there's a new head coach at UMass Dartmouth for the football team. The the previous head coach, Mark Robichard, who's there for 16 years, was my high school football coach. Uh, was an offensive and defensive line coach. Great guy, excellent coach. We. Butted heads a little bit, but then towards my senior year, we we uh, I think we got along a lot better. And every time I saw him, he was such a nice guy. So as you grew up, as I grew, as right. I grew up, right. it was me. Right. You know, I, someone one of my professors told me. I guess it was a Mark Twain saying. When I was eighteen, my dad didn't know anything. When I was twenty-two, I was surprised at how much he had learned in yeah. four years. Yes. Right? Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. So, yes. Um, but Mark, Mark was a Mark, Mark was a great guy. So uh, well, Mark so, Twain. Yeah, Mark Twain and Mark Robichaud. I don't oh, know if right. Mark Twain was a great guy. Uh, no, he you was. Might, yeah, you might know mo- know more than me about about that. <laughs> I'm not that much older. <laughs> so, so anyway, so Chris, I was with Jared Valenzuela last night. We were we were tracking the mass GOP party fight. Plymouth County uh, Republican um, Good, commissioner. Commissioner. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and 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 he's his his cousin Lindsey Valenzuela was kicked off the committee because of residency. Jim Lyons had tried to get her kicked off the right. committee, but. There's a new committee chair. Lindsay's not guilty. Lindsay is not guilty. Uh, I don't know what that is. That a reference? That means no. Means that? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, I I know what I know. I know what not guilty means. So, so um, I'm a lawyer. Of course, I know what not guilty means. So anyway, so 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 Jim so Jim Lyons was ousted. Yes. Barely. Barely ousted. Barely because the first round of voting came. Amy had a one-vote lead. Amy Carnavalli, the new chair, had a one-vote lead. And then there were five votes for this also-ran candidate. And then a, one vote went to Lyons. Uh, two votes went to Carnavalli, I think. The, uh, there was an abstention at some point. And so 
as someone who's been involved with the Mass GOP for a while, I know. I think you you know Jim Lyons. Um, I don't know if you know Amy Carnavali, but uh, what, what's your thoughts on this whole thing? Well, my thoughts are that um, Jim Lyons he, he did his best. His best wasn't good enough, um, and it, it's good to move on. Um, I'm happy the Republican Party decided to do that. Um, it's a very dangerous thing when a political organization um, cannot edit itself, right? Yeah. Cannot reroute the ship. Um, and sometimes that's the case because you had to get the votes to get there. What had to happen is that a number, as we talked about very earlier, a number of the people on the state committee had to decide that they were wrong the last time. Right. Right. And that they had to, they wanted to go in a new direction. Now, Amy's a known entity. Um, she, she was a federal lobbyist. She was worked in the White House. Um, she's not, she's by no means a rhino. Um, interestingly enough, Amy was with Trump when Lyons was with Cruz. She had a picture with Donald Trump she was sharing around when right. she was running. Yeah. Right. Um, I think Amy will do a good job. Um, the reality of it is, is that the problem is housed right out there in the streets, which is that there's only nine under ten percent of the population is a registered Republican. Yeah. So her first job is to go out and find some new people who want to register as Republicans, um, who who are going to show up to vote, who are going to show up to t- staff the town committees, who are going to do things, who actually want to be involved in the in in, in campaigns. Marcus, you and I both know. How fun political campaigns can be. Yeah. You make great friends. That's how you and I became friends. Exactly. You make friends um, on political campaigns. You, you have fun together. It's a camaraderie. Um, it's, it's a good way to meet people and to get involved. Um, but first, the campaigns have to exist. They have to yeah. be fun. <laughs> yeah. Right? I mean, one of the things is the Republicans, they got to go back to having fun. Yes. Now, there's no fun in losing, but there can be some camaraderie in losing. All right. right. But you gotta get people out together. Gotta get them together. I was talking with someone recently about political campaigns, and I just said, "Look, political campaigns aren't real. They're a collection of individuals all rowing in the same direction. They they're a creation. It's you you go into business to go out of business. Right." You get started in the spring and you go out of business in the fall. Yes. I mean, it's, it's, it's a bizarre thing. Um, along the way, you have these intense relationships. You meet people. All kinds of fun stuff happens, interesting stuff. Spinoffs, feuds, all kinds of stuff. But all of that is what ultimately makes a political party. Amy Carnevale has got to build that up, up again. Jim Lyons has to be thanked for his, for his terms, for his years there. He was in the legislature. I'll tell you something, Marcus. I was talking with someone who worked with Lyons in the legislature. He was there for a number of terms before he, got, before he left, got ousted. They said he was a good guy. Yeah. But that he just became a curmudgeon. Yes. He just, I don't know whether the, whether the idea of Mr. Chairman went to his head. I don't know. But. He was clearly failing. Yes. And in my opinion, he should have volunteered to leave. It would have been the right thing for him to well, do. Well, that's the thing is is that... Because there's nothing to run on. Right. 
There was nothing to run on. There was no wins. It was all losses. There wasn't a single. There wasn't a single win that was attributable to him. You can say, well, Tim Cruz, you know, won. He was going to win. Cruz was elected a long time before. Yeah, and we sh- ever heard of Jim? And Lyons. Sheriff McDonald ran on a post, right? And Sheriff McDonald's been in office since the nineties. Yeah, right. Exactly. So, so, so there was. They lost two sheriff. They lost three, two sheriff seats that were winnable. They lost the DA's election. They lost state rep seats. And one of the things that I noticed when I was, I mean, because I was covering all of this uh, out in the field, is that I, there were so many events I got to cover because the Democrats uniformly came down here to the South Coast as a ticket, as a complete ticket. Right. When I talked to Maura Healy um, in Taunton when she came to, to, to stump for Hero, Rep Doherty, Mark uh, Pacheco, she, I asked her, I'm like, you know, you know you're going to, you know you're going to win. She, no, she didn't admit that. I'm like, you know you're going to win, so are you, are you just, is, is your mission now the down ballot? And she said, well, I just see it as one ticket, right? And then, you know, Kim Driscoll came to Buttonwood Park more than once, um, you know, you had Dinah DeZaglia and Jerry Campbell go to uh, come to Fall River, and they stumped down ballot not just for not just for uh, themselves, but for Sheriff Harrell, right. right? And that makes a difference, and we're able to cover that stuff. The reason I wasn't able to cover as many Hodgson events is because there weren't, you didn't have Jeff Deal coming in. Sheriff Hodgson probably didn't want Jeff Deal to come down for him, right? Absolutely <laughs> they were, not. They, right. you didn't, or, or Rayla Campbell or any of them. Didn't want any of them to come down with him, right? I forget about Rayla Campbell. The only the only thing he, you know, the only the one thing he did, I think he did a walk around with Anthony Amore, but there wasn't a unified ticket. There wasn't a unified ticket, and really a unified platform to run on, and that's one of, that's one of the things that the, the Mass GOP needs to do. Well, they ran... Look, I got involved in with, with the Mass GOP in the 80s, um, coming off of Mike Dukakis, all right? Back then, we had um, President George H.W. Bush, uh, who beat Dukakis. Um, we had Bill Weld. We had Joe Malone. Um, we had... There was Ray Shammy, for, for the, who was chairman of the Republican Party, who was a lot more conservative, by the way who had run against John Kerry, he personally financed the Republican Party. Um, There is a really good donor base in Massachusetts for the Republican Party. In fact, a lot of the national Republicans come through Massachusetts to pick up money. Um, But they were starting to withhold their money because Jim Lyons was not a good steward of the money. Right. In the end... Now, the other big problem, Marcus... And I was originally in favor, but I'm willing to say it was a mistake. The Republican Party started paying their chairman. I don't mm-hmm. know if the Democrats do that. I'm not sure. The Republican Party pays about $100,000. Yeah. Which is a pretty good job. Jim Lyons became used to the job. Now, mm-hmm. he has a business on his own, but getting yeah. an additional $100,000 to be chairman was very lucrative to him. Yeah. And I don't blame him for not wanting to give it up. But... That became obviously more important to him because he couldn't point to wins. Yeah, right. right. He couldn't say, guys, I want another term. He wanted another paycheck. Right. And I get that, all right? But th- but you can't have a republic. You can't have a political party that's built on financial patronage for the leadership. Yes. Okay? Um, I understand that people have to have their, their, their bills paid. It can't be only millionaires running the – I get that. For years, Ray Shammy was a multimillionaire. Jim Rappaport, multimillionaire. Those guys could afford to run the political party as a hobby. Yes. And they could do it. So I get the, the, the reason why you'd say, well, let's pay them. But ultimately what it did is it built, built a party where if someone, 
the paycheck meant more to them. Right. So that they were blind for the, for the money and not to be able to say, here's what I did. Yes. Right. And, and, um, and it's unfortunate. That's just yeah. what happened. But fortunately, the party, here was, here's what, what, it, here's why I think the Republican Party has got a real good future is that they were able to write the ship. Yes. Right. Now, we'll hope that Amy, Amy is able to move forward. And, and if she gets caught up, we'll be able to move beyond it. We'll see. Do you think it's a, um, do you think this was, but you said Amy's for Trump. Do you think this was a Trump versus non-Trump thing? No. I don't think so at all. It couldn't have been. It couldn't have been because she was, she was parading a picture with her with Donald Trump. For, she was for Trump. And she would have had to have had, had gotten support for people who still support Donald Trump. Yes. You don't support Donald Trump anymore. Well, I, I think Donald Trump has blown it. Yeah. I mean, I think Donald Trump's issues were fantastic. Um, but I think that what he did with January 6th and, yeah. and the fallout afterwards. Yeah. And then the classified documents what really bothers me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I say that, Marcus, because of um, not that he didn't have the right to have them. He did. I think he probably declassified them. There's a lot of ins and outs there. But... It is a lot of U.S. government resources and human lives are on the line regarding sources and methods. And, and for the president to treat them so cavalierly yeah, is, a, is something I have a serious disagreement with him about. Yeah. It's not like a minor disagreement. Yeah. It's a major thing to me. Right. Um, I think that people who mistreat or treat with treat them sloppy, classified documents. Um, don't respect the people that gather the information yeah. for them, and I think that you cannot be the commander in chief and not respect the down ballot people. Okay, not respect the grunts, the CIA guys, the people who went out, the FBI people, and develop those sources, and to leave them hanging out potentially to dry is very bad. Yeah, and so for that reason. Um, and I do, and that is not to, to get, and, and believe me, um, I think what the mistakes that Pence made are bad, but they're not the same. Yeah. I think the mistakes it appears, it appears that Biden has made are bad, but they're not. Um, what I saw with Donald Trump, um, even if he declassified him, it doesn't mean that you've made it impossible for the Chinese or the Russians, the Iranians, whoever, the Israelis, to unwind who the sources and the methods are. Yeah. You understand? So that there are people in Israel, Iran, Moscow, who are providing us with information that if those governments found out, as they did in the Hansen case, people died. Yeah. Right? Right. Now... Just because Donald Trump has the legal ability to say that's no longer a classified document, which I believe he does, he does, doesn't mean it's not still a valuable national secret that should probably be preserved, protected, because we can't get someone to work for us if they think their name is going to end up on a declassified piece of paper as a cocktail napkin in my locker. (laughs) Yeah, right. I'm going to take a break. We'll be right back. 1420 WBSM, New Bedford's News Talk Station. 
South Coast tonight with you wherever you go. Stream Chris and Marcus on the WBSM app or get their podcast on the app at WBSM.com. Now back to South Coast tonight. Welcome to South Coast tonight. I'm Marcus Farrow. Uh, 508-996-0500 is how you can join us this evening. We've covered a lot of ground today. I think one of the... I think uh, we also we also did break. I, I think a few a few bits of news here. One is that uh, one. What one, is it? John Mitchell's running again? <laughs> right. We tried. We tried. One, one is that um, uh, is that Mayor Mitchell is not pulling Carol Pimentel's nomination. He's he's he he feels as though once the council is. Uh, more complete. He has the votes to get her uh, into the school committee, and he's going to carry forward with that nomination. The second is that Ward 3 City Council candidate Sean Oliver, who was listening to the interview, called into South Coast tonight to make his position known on uh, Carol Pimentel's nomination to the to the board. Um, and he supports her, so I thought that was um, I thought that was great for him one to be listening and two to be to call in to make his position known. I right? really appreciate it on the record, Scott right? uh, uh, Sean Oliver. Um, very good, right? Reacting to what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, here's us. Here, here's here, here's the mayor, and uh, reacts to it. So I think that that's a, a feather in his cap, and the fact that he has the um, the strength and the character to just come out. Well before the vote and say, guys, this, this is where I stand. Vote for me, don't vote mm-hmm. for me. You know, uh, I hope you vote for me, but here's, here's why I support her, right? So that's good. Hard work. Just a good work. Uh, uh, that's just, you know, campaign work, real campaign work. Right. It's, it's, that's how he got to where he was. Yes. Uh, from being a... Uh, an unknown to being the 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 leading vote getter in a in a seven way primary, and it, it just it comes down to it comes down to the the f- hitting the fundamentals in the campaign, which I think him and Amaral did well. I think Bob yes. Bromley did well as as well. I, I look, I I think that when I met when I met Sean here, I, I think you and I agreed when he left. Uh, nice guy, mm-hmm. um, energetic, upbeat, mm-hmm. um, family guy, uh, hard worker, and. Um, I feel like I knew he would do well. I didn't know where he would come in. Because it's always, you know, hard. He's a first-time candidate. It's hard, but but he did it. He put his own money in. Um, and um, I expect big things from him. Yeah, I, I think so, too. And that'll be an interesting race. We'll, we'll definitely be talking to Sean and Carmen. Uh, uh, Carmen Amaral um, through, uh, for the... For the uh, Leading up to the campaign, which is at the end of the month on February 28th. Is it a leap year this year? I don't think it is. This will be the last day in February. Um, I don't. Yeah, I guess it would be. I, I don't know. Thanks. I, <laughs> is it a leap year? Is it a leap year? <laughs> a leap year. I'm going to take another break. Um, Marcus, the... Um, the, the the stuff uh, talking about the uh, you'd asked me about um, whether I was still a supporter of Donald Trump's um, this classified document stuff um, people have to pay very close attention to what's going on here. Um, I think Joe Biden's got a real problem here, um, and I was telling you this off the air. Um, I've 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 been very interested in espionage things like that for a long time, and so over the years. Um, you know, from just from reading the real true cases of it, history books, things like that, you, you learn certain stuff. <clears throat> That's why you read it, I guess. But um, one of the things the FBI does, 
Biden has prevented them from doing. And let's not forget, he has top-tier attorneys, as you would expect as the President of the United States. And he himself is a lawyer. He also has a long, extensive background with national security issues. When classified documents are found where they're not supposed to be, the FBI fingerprints them. Okay. It's part of the damage assessment. Right. Because if I have classified documents and I left them here, and later on, heaven forbid, Marcus Ferro's document, fingerprints are on those documents. Yeah. They know you read them. Right. Yeah. Right? Now they can do the damage assessment. Right. Well, who does Marcus Ferro talk to? Yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Where does the damage go? Okay. Maybe there's none. But when Joe Biden let his lawyers take those documents away, yeah. um, it really precludes doing an honest assessment of the damage to those documents. Um, they, I... They were locked in his in his shed, um, his his garage. Um, that's an entirely d- different problem. Um, the documents that Donald Trump had were down in Mar-a-Lago. One of the reasons the FBI had to seize them, in my opinion, is to do a damage assessment, to fingerprint them. To see if people who touch those documents were not supposed to touch them. Right. Because if you touched them, you read them. Yeah. Now I can do it a damage assessment. If the Cuban waiter who works at Mar-a-Lago, who's got a cousin in the Politburo in, in Havana, that might be a problem. <laughs> right. Yeah. But now we know. Yeah. The guy may not even have understood what he read. But, yeah. But we can do a damage assessment. Without those damage assessments, you have no idea what the problem is. Right. Right. That's my problem with what President Biden has done. Um, yeah, I'm just saying Bernie Sanders president had classified documents running around. Saying it wouldn't have been, might not have been a problem. You know what? If Bernie, it was an unavoidable problem. Bernie Sanders candidate is causing a, major immigration problems for us. Remember when he was down there with Daniel Ortega? Mm-hmm. Now all those people are running like hell to America. <laughs> <laughs> what about John Kerry? Let's get up. Let's bust out the Dear Commandante letter. Oh, yeah. Do you remember the Dear yes. Commandante? And what about the war hero, Ed Markey? The great war hero, Ed Markey. He signed the Dear Commandante letter. He signed the Dear Commandante letter. His, his imprimatur is all over the Ortegas. And then Ortega got on a plane and flew to Moscow and picked up $100 million in military aid, right? Yeah. After they insured us they weren't going to do that. The Dear Commandante letter. Now all those poor people are trying to get the hell out of Ed Markey's Nicaragua. Ed Marquis, Nicaragua. All right. Well, I think that wraps it up for the evening. Uh, thank you to everybody in uh, New Bedford and uh, Ed Mar- uh, Fairhaven, Dartmouth, and Ed Marquis, Nicaragua, <laughs> who tuned in this evening. We'll be back tomorrow. Uh, Jess Machado is going to be a special guest co-host with me tomorrow. We'll be back on Friday, me and Chris as well. And then we'll be back on Monday doing the same things that we've been doing, just, you know, making great shows. So. Thanks a lot.